It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to the Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. If you'd like to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800 848 Nine two two two. There's plenty going on across the country. A lot of it having to do with this thirty-seven count indictment against Donald J. Trump. We had Donald Trump on the program on the Boston Early Rush Hour program the very day that the indictment came out. And I asked him about the two-tier justice system. Boy, had no idea what was going to transpire within hours after that call. We're expecting to hear from Derek Hunter. The gang's here. Avery's here. Nick is here. The voiceless is here. Ah, Where to start? Let me start with this. Yesterday, I spent a great deal of time talking about the two-tier justice system and how this indictment is yet another example of the unfair politically motivated, weaponized, corrupt Department of Justice. That said, and I will not back down from anything I said yesterday about that. That said, now that the indictment has been unsealed, there is a different mood that is being set. That mood is, this is trouble. There are recordings that are being cited in this indictment that may be very difficult to defend. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what's going to be difficult. Maybe I should pull that back. I don't know whether it's going to be difficult to defend them or not. All I know is on paper and what's being said by those people in the law, for instance, Jonathan Turley. Now, Jonathan Turley is not a leftist. I don't know what he is. I don't know whether he leans center-right or whatever. All I know is his, he is one of the guys that will give you an honest appraisal. Also, Alan Dershowitz is out there. And, you know, Dershowitz has bucked the left community, of which he is a part of, at times. And yesterday, before the indictments, before the indictment was unsealed, he was saying, well, the indictment doesn't pass the Richard Nixon smell test here. His tune is a little bit different. He said one of the things that he said, and I'm paraphrasing this, is that that every time Donald Trump opens his mouth, the chances that he goes to prison are more. 
and more. But he, there, there are some things that he has said that are going to be really problematic once you get into court. Jonathan Turley, renowned law professor, he says this is a very different ball game to this compared to the Stormy Daniels case. He's issuing a warning that Donald Trump could be in some very deep trouble here. He says it's an extremely damning indictment. There are indictments that are sometimes called narrative or speaking indictments, these indictments that are really meant to make a point as to the depth of evidence. There are some indictments that are just bare bones. This is not. The special counsel knew that there would be a lot of people who were going to allege that the Department of Justice was acting in a biased or politically motivated way. This is clearly an indictment that was drafted to answer those questions. It's overwhelming in details. The Trump team should not fool itself. He talks about the witnesses who apparently testified under oath, gave statements to federal investigators. They can be criminally charged if they're false. Those witnesses are directly quoting Donald Trump and encouraging others not to look for documents or to conceal conceal those documents. He calls this very damning. And he also had some words about Special Counsel Jack Smith. Turley says he knows a lot of people have criticized Smith for his background, but he's no Alvin Bragg. He's a serious prosecutor. The Bragg prosecution is political. It is what Trump says it is. It is the weaponization of the criminal justice system. But Turley says, in his view, this indictment is a different ball game. Derek Hunter is with us. Derek, you, columnist, author, political pundit. Derek, I'm assuming that you've had a chance to, if not having read the whole indictment, read enough to know what's in there. What are your thoughts? Uh, hey, James, how you doing? I um, I share your sentiment. I share the sentiment that you were just sharing. I, I that it is. They're not messing around. I don't know. You know, it's one thing to allege; it's another thing to prove, especially beyond a reasonable doubt. But these are serious allegations i'd be curious to see proof behind them i don't take anybody in the world of politics and make no mistake these prosecutors operate in the world of politics i don't take anybody in the world of politics at face value at what they say so it's uh, anybody can accuse anyone of anything proving it is a different thing but there's more meat on the bones in this than certainly is up in uh, Manhattan with with Alvin Bragg. Some of the things that are being said here is that there are tapes, and Derek, for the life of me, I just, I just, I just cannot understand. After all the leaks that took place in the White House, <laughs> how you have people around Donald Trump 
at Mar-a-Lago who are taping him, and those tapes end up in the hands of federal prosecutors. I don't understand how this happens, but it apparently did happen. And some of those tapes, according to the indictment, again, we haven't heard them. We don't know full context. We do not know what the we do not know what the defense will be for these allegations. And I want to be very careful here. You know, this is their point of view in this indictment. This is what they are alleging. But the fact that they do have tapes to me is just how does that happen again after all of this? Well, it, from my understanding, I think you're talking about the tapes where he, CNN reported on where he was allegedly talking about uh, General Milley and, and Iran and uh, waving around a piece of paper that may or may not have been the actual piece of paper that, look, it, <clears throat> I'll say something a little controversial. When it comes to Donald Trump, you have to take what he says with a grain of salt. It wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility for him to Take out a piece of paper right here. I got a piece of paper. Wave it around and say, I wish I could show you this. You know, it's top secret. It contradicts what General Milley says, but I can't. I didn't declassify it and pretend that this is the actual piece of paper. doesn't mean it actually is the the actual piece of paper, considering the recording, if I remember correctly, allegedly happened in New Jersey, and the papers were found Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. Mar-a-Lago. So unless he's really moving around with these pieces of paper an awful lot, which I don't necessarily believe because there makes no rational sense. That being said, you can't, in a room full of people, a thousand or ten, somebody's going to record something. You have to work under that assumption. You either live in a world where you don't allow anybody to bring in any sort of recording device, telephone, anything, they have to check them into a locker and be subjected to a full, basically, body search, or you run the risk of somebody recording you. Now, it's it's better to simply not say things that will get you in trouble. It's better to simply say things and speak the truth constantly. It's an easier story to remember. But when you're trying to impress people, every politician does it, and you're trying to butter up donors or what have you, you, you might go a little hyperbolic. Does that mean... A, I don't know that that's the case here, but that seems much more likely than Donald Trump travels the country with a folder full of classified material. That sounds very reasonable, Derek. Okay. Wall Street Journal this morning. A guide to Donald Trump's legal perils. Now, let's already we've got two on the books. He's facing criminal charges on state and federal levels. We got this Mar-a-Lago documents investigation. And again, I think I've noticed the mood change, even among some of his ardent supporters. And I mean ardent. I had a guy text me in the middle of the night. I read the text this morning. And it just said, and he's furious at Trump, having read the indictment. And I mean, this guy is is diehard Donald Trump. Mm. And one of the things he says, this is much more serious. The recordings, if obtained uh, uh, lawfully, as well as the text text messages show unbelievable incompetence. It remains how much is true. It remains, you know, to be seen how much is true. A lot of it sounds like braggadocio, though, doesn't it? 
I could show you, but I can't show you. It's like I have it's everybody knows somebody with a girlfriend in Canada. Everybody who had a girlfriend in Canada. Everybody knows somebody who strings a line of BS that oh, if I could only tell you what I know. It it, mm-hmm. it Look, as president of the United States, he obviously knows more than than we do. He gets more uh, access to more information. But Donald Trump is not somebody who is known for and no politicians are known for their humility. They all exaggerate. I mean, for God's sakes, Joe Biden's whole life is a work of fiction. Um, So it wouldn't be so beyond the, it's still dumb, but it wouldn't be so beyond the pale or realm of possibility for Donald Trump to just sort of make it into a fish story, right? No, I agree with you. Bizarre is to say, uh, I could have declassified this, but I didn't. Um, that's a, that's a weird, unnecessary thing to say that his lawyers are going to have a difficult time explaining away. All right, I'm going to go back to the Wall Street Journal piece. So we've got this case now, this indictment. This, and I, again, you know, this is another illustration of why whatever you get in the first blush of news that is released, we were told at first, oh, it's a seven-count indictment. Well, it's 37 counts. This is not seven counts. This is 37 counts each one of which is going to have to be argued and defended. Then you've got the Manhattan criminal case, criminal, which I still can't believe. it is. That should be thrown out, and I can't believe that it's taken, like, that it's four months before they even hear motions or expect filings on motions. And, and, you know, if I was Donald Trump, I would have instructed my lawyers to go in there the day that the charges were announced, the day that the indictment was or that he showed up in court and argue feverishly that this needs to be released or uh, dismissed with prejudice immediately, immediately. And they didn't. They seemed to be content with, okay, four months to file a motion. I'd be arguing, no, we don't need four months. We've got the motions right here. We want these motions ruled upon because this is unprecedented. This is illegal. This is whatever. And make that case. And they didn't. I get there's a political advantage, particularly in that case to, you know, saying they're attacking me. And it's not really all that serious because I think ultimately it will be dismissed. Bragg is uh, a moron, for lack of a better word, and uh, best definitely rewrote the law and overreached massively. But this case seems different. Again, I'm not a lawyer, but when you've got somebody like an Alan Dershowitz warning not not running around like Chicken Little, not with his hair on fire or anything, but warning, hey, this is this is something you can't, this isn't Alvin Bragg. This isn't something you can't laugh right. off. Right, and you've got Jonathan Turley saying the same thing. And I All think right, then there's the- Trump hiring his legal team, changing his legal team to get serious people, more serious people in there and more uh, experienced people in there. He has a lot of attorneys who are really good on TV. And it's really easy when you've got a lot of money to hire people to go on TV and represent the law. Uh, as your attorneys had, you know, 15 different people do that. But when you're going to go to court, you want somebody who maybe isn't good on TV. You want somebody who's good in a courtroom. And he seems to have recognized that, which is good. New York State civil lawsuit alleging false valuation of real estate assets. Now, this is a civil suit. And the worst thing that could happen here, this is Letitia James witch hunt which to me should also have been thrown out before it ever got to court based on her own statements before he 
that she was on a fishing expedition looking for something to charge him with. Mm-hmm. She was very open about that, yet this is still going on, that he his, he falsely uh, valued his real estate assets, generated $250 million in ill-gotten gains. The worst thing that could happen there, they want him not to be able to do business in New York again. But then you've got this Georgia case, the Georgia investigation into election meddling. And I'm going to tell you, as much as we on our side may think that this case is total bull, it is still proceeding. And and Fannie Wills has already, Willis, has already asked that the judges in, this is Fulton County, that the judicial system there clear their dockets for the ter- first two weeks of August so we can expect that to drop. She's giving hints, and she's giving hints that it may be more than just Donald Trump caught up and that she wants to try to persecute. 75 witnesses recommending criminal charges against multiple people whose identities have yet to be made public. They, um, the, this special grand jury disbanded back in January. We'll see. She says the charging decisions should come this summer. Then you've got, and this is to me, I put a red flag next to this one as I was reading it, the criminal inquiries into January 6th. This is, again, the same prosecutor that's bringing this indictment also is looking separately into January 6th and what happened over at the U.S. Capitol. Now, they have already tried this one in the not just the, 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 the jury of public opinion, but this has been a nonstop drumbeat since January 6th. And you have people that have gone to jail for some really serious jail time for doing nothing more than walking into the Capitol. So I don't know what we can expect there. And uh, Mike Pence is going to have to testify he had to testify. He had to testify. He will have to. He had to testify with the grand jury. That was ruled. Pence says he's not going to appeal that ruling. Pence is out on the campaign trail. We can talk about that later. Okay, and then you've got civil suits that are also related to this January 6th case. And then hanging out there is this, this E. Jean Carroll. Which to me, I just, this is a lot of legal. These are a lot of battles to fight simultaneously. You've got to some, take a break, Some Derek. of that is, like I would say, a lot of the prosecution is just people trying to make a name for themselves, trying to stop Donald Trump. With E. Jean Carroll, it's a self-inflicted wound. And it's a doubly self-inflicted wound. If you just lost a defamation case, you probably should just keep your mouth shut about the person not repeat what got you sued in the first place, what you lost over in the first place. Uh, You can profess your innocence, and you can profess your innocence in a way that doesn't say, and this woman's crazy and nuts and demented and everything. Like, okay, that's the part that got you into trouble. It's not the concept. It was the specifics. You don't have to repeat the specifics. I understand you have a brand, but... uh, Yep. 
you got to have All right, well, we're going to come back. We're going to get all of this, and we will, we will cover all this and more. It's the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. WABC. We're coming back right after this. Don't go away. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Eddie Kendricks brings us back. Former Temptations, the original Temptations. Nineteen ninety-one today. Eddie Kendricks was arrested while attending the funeral of David Ruffin. Detroit said he owed twenty-six thousand dollar uh twenty-six thousand well no 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 it's fifteen thousand dollars in child support. So attending the funeral of fellow Temptation member David Ruffin, they arrested him on this date in 1991. Derek Hunter is with us. Derek, there's a Reuters story this morning. Joe Biden says, okay, I'm not, I haven't talked to Merrick Garland. I'm not going to talk to Merrick Garland. No, no, no. I haven't spoken to him. I'm not going to speak with him, blah, blah, blah. But there's a paragraph in here I want to, I just want to run by you and see if you have a similar reaction or what your reaction is to it. Here's a, here's the paragraph. Republican hopefuls have alleged without evidence that the investigation into Trump, who is running to unseat Biden from the White House in 2024, is politically motivated. Biden and top officials have repeatedly said the DOJ is acting independently. Where did this start, this business? Republican hopefuls have alleged without evidence. So anytime you make a statement now, according to Reuters, if you're a Republican, you have to have evidence. Notice they didn't say in here, Biden and top officials have repeatedly said without evidence that the DOJ is acting independently. It's Republicans, (laughs) this business without evidence. This started with the Trump administration where they were skeptical of everything that he said, everything anybody with an R after their name said, and like, oh, without evidence, without evidence, without evidence. It was weird because it used to be journalists, they would just report what was said, and then they might go investigate and say, hey, can I disprove this statement? You know, that would be journalism, or at least what it used to be. But it's not anymore. When Joe Biden took a question on Thursday with the UK prime minister, about his corruption, you know, about the alleged corruption without evidence. You noticed how it was couched. I don't know who the reporter was. It was some man yelling, and and Joe stayed after the scripted questions to to hear it out. And he said that uh, Congresswoman Nancy Mace is alleging. And uh, do do you have any response to these Republicans? Well, why don't you just ask him? There's no real dispute that the Biden family somehow got millions upon millions of dollars. They provide no services 
they sell no goods, yet somehow they've been paid millions of dollars through a series of shell corporations that if you're not trying to hide something, you just take the wire transfer or the check, right? But if you're trying to hide something, you set up four different companies to shield that money. There was no question about, hey, what's up with all of this? Or even where did you get your millions? How did how did a guy who bragged about how broke he was and how poor he was on a humble U.S. senator's salary manage to buy an estate that was previously owned by the DuPont family? There was no question like that. It was all couched under, Republicans are saying this. Do you want to attack them for it or just simply deny it? And his response was, that, where's the money? Which is one of the dumbest things. I mean, it's Joe Biden, so it can't be that surprising. But it's one of the dumbest things you could say when you're accused of, of hiding your bank records and you say, where's the money? Uh, a, an honest journalist would say, uh, well, that's kind of my next question, Mr. President. Where, where are the bank records? Because remember, the left under the Trump administration, every time he exerted executive privilege, it was what? It was what people who have nothing to hide wouldn't try to hide anything. Now it's suddenly a, a different standard, shockingly. So it, it's it's not new, this uh, without evidence. It is unique to one side. Joe Biden, without evidence, asserts that he was involved in the civil rights movement, actually with, with negative evidence, with evidence against his claim. But they, they never report it like that. It's just how it is. And I tell you, the fate of journalism as it stands today hinges a lot on what comes next at CNN. CNN. Really? I think so. The The media on both sides has gone absolutely my team, their team. CNN says they want to play it down the middle. They want to sort of return. Now, the potato, Brian Stelter, was tweeting this week about how that's not possible. You can't go back to, to journalism the way it was because one side lies. And I mean, he's just a leftist hack and he's blissfully unaware. But Uncle Fester was right in that CNN is going to have some trouble if they want, to, unless they come up with a third way. MSNBC has the left. Fox has the right. If CNN tries to do real journalism, I believe there's an appetite for it. I don't know if they will. If they decide to be sort of MSNBC light again, but with different people, you doing the same thing with different bodies isn't going to really end up with a different result. But if they decide to go the real journalism route, the real, I mean, not opinion, the primetime shows are always opinion, and that's, that's different. The daytime shows, the anchors, where they're out there tweeting angrily about everything and letting the world know exactly where they stand and, and the Chuck Todds of the world saying, I will not continence having anybody who disagrees with me on climate change on the show. That's not journalism. And if there is CN, an institution the size of CNN pushing back against that could change the narrative if it's successful. And I believe it would be successful because I believe there's an appetite for it. Derek Hunter, ladies and gentlemen, with us, as always, on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Your calls welcome. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. The voiceless one here uh, suggested earlier, let's do politics for a quick second. I'm going to take a break. I want you to think about this one and answer after the break. Um, Derek, he says, look, Donald Trump ought to just take one for the team. Just plead guilty, 
hand the nomination over to DeSantis, get off the playing field. Just plead guilty and get all of this done so that the election, so that Biden is not reelected. I'm going to get your thoughts on that. I hope I characterized it right. But he should take one for the team is what what I heard. So we'll talk about that. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. Saturday morning, Radio Extravaganza. Your call is welcome. Don't go away. Saturday morning, radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Marvin and Tammy. The Motown Explosion. Going into the break, we heard from John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. That song, the one that I want, was number one this day in 1978. You talk about somebody that's had a few careers. John Travolta. You know, the days after, um, the days after, uh, uh, what you call it, Welcome Back, Kata. When he was uh, when he first came to prominent, it looked for a while like his career was dead, and then came Saturday Night Live. It's uh, Saturday Night whatever. Um, I'm Sir Fever, and there's Dancing John Travolta, the face of the disco era, or at least for some people. And then okay, went dark again, and then comes back out with Olivia Newton-John, Cowboy John Travolta. Then goes dead again. Next thing you know, he's back in the movies, an older John Travolta after a few years. And, you know, this guy has had a remarkable career. <sighs> I would say that you're a little bit wrong on the timeline, though. He made probably Saturday Night Fever while he was Vinnie Barbarino on Welcome Back, Cotter. So he was already on he Lunchboxes. He was. Oh, okay. I, you know what? I... So he was on Lunchboxes at that point. He then... You got me there. That's true. He had a couple of good runs because I think it was Saturday Night Fever. Then Grease came out. Like he was, he was the king at the uh, the box office. And then he made some really horrible movies. Disappeared. Why I know his IMDb page, I don't know. And then uh, he sort of had a comeback with "Look Who's Talking" when he was there with Kirstie Alley with Bruce Willis as the baby's voice. And then made some really bad choices again. <laughs> then he he, uh, he made a couple of good, a couple of action movies. The one with Christian Slater, where he was the bad guy. And then he did um, made some really bad choices again, like the one with the nose hair, based on the L. Ron Hubbard movie. Uh, I don't even Earth. remember that. It, it's really bad. It's something about Earth or whatever. It's based on an L. Ron Hubbard fiction novel, not Dianetics, different fiction novel. And I know Scientologists send all hate to to James. 
and then he uh, did face off. So he's been in. He, he's made really bad choices, face and in spite of himself, yeah, face, face off, off, face off falls into both categories, doesn't it? A really horrible movie yeah. that you gotta watch every time you see it, where you're like, really, really, this is the prep. Somebody said, you know what? I'll green light this thing. Here's fifty million dollars. You're gonna cut each other's faces off. All right, yeah, let's do it. Oh man, that's wow. that's who I need to get in front of because I can I got some crazy thoughts floating through my head, and if they're willing to write a check for that. <laughs> All right, I asked you before the break about the voiceless ones. Uh, he says Trump ought to just go out and say, "Hey, I'm pleading guilty for the good of the nation to stop all this division. I challenge Joe Biden to resign, take responsibility for his actions, the same way I'm taking responsibility for my actions." And he says, uh, and, and then go from there. Hand it over to Ron DeSantis and just step off the stage, become the biggest martyr in political history, and, and clear the field. Mm. Well, first of all, it's not Trump's nomination to hand out. There's no guarantee that Ron DeSantis would get it. it uh, remember uh, President Scott Walker? So I, I do get- remember President Scott Walker. Yeah, and I so remember you... President Gary Hart, and I remember oh, President yeah. Ed Kennedy, Ted Kennedy. Oh, President Kamala Harris. She was on fire, and then she uh, people saw her and, like you, recoiled in horror. Gary Hart's a little bit different. You don't uh, carry on an affair in an open marriage and go, oh, I'm perfectly normal. Follow me. Go ahead. I challenge yeah, you. Yeah, follow, follow me. me. I dare you. Follow yeah. me. And then they did. They took him up on the offer. <laughs> they, they wouldn't do that today. They'd probably try and double date with Gary and uh, who was Donna Rice? Was that Donna Rice? <laughs> Donna Rice, yeah, on the monkey business. Yes, the boat trip. The name, to that was the boat. The boat, yeah. Uh, but it, it's not Donald Trump's to give. Uh, Donald Donald Trump shouldn't plead guilty if he's not guilty. So I would caveat that as well. Um, only he knows. Battlefield Earth was the name of that movie. Battlefield. I told you it was terrible. Terrible. I think they had like long braided nose hair. Or something hey, you're like leaving. A, you're leaving out Pulp Fiction, man. But, well, no. He well, he went Pulp back Fiction and forth. Was, whoa. Pulp if there's Fiction. one person whose career is like the tides, it comes and it goes. It's John Travolta. Now he's like a a demented professor Professor X running around bald. I don't know what happened to his hair, but he just. I think he shaved it. Well, no, but, he, he didn't shave it. It left him. All of it, Ooh. though? Not all of it. Well, no, Every, he, no, he didn't lose it all. But, I mean, if if half of it leave you, then you got to, you know, you got to send the other half, you know, away. Look, we're sitting here talking <laughs> about him. The guy has his own 747. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, what the hell do we know? Exactly. But anyway, but back Pulp to the Fiction. I Wait a minute. All right, Before, go ahead. Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. The first, I couldn't take the first 10 minutes of it. The first time I, I'm like, what is this sickness? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't watch it for a while. And then I came back later and said, okay, let me try this again. And I think Pulp Fiction was absolutely genius in yeah. a way that that I had never seen. It's like, oh, my, this is genius movie making. Tarantino's the man. Yes, sir. Well, I tell you, if you want to, if you're ever involved in some adult beverages or certain substances that are legal <laughs> in various states, but not necessarily every state. Hmm. Uh, for recreational and or medical purposes. Engage in that with your friends, watch Pulp Fiction, and then discuss if the movie were in chronological order and try and put it in chronological order. Oh, that's... How many times have you seen it, Derek? I've seen it far too many times. Me too. And then I've I've done that, and 
discussed all of the symbolism and have you ever tried to figure out all the characters and yeah i i mostly i get uh, altered i haven't been I would never do anything against the law in any state, particularly. Of course not, Derek. No, uh, not you. <laughs> rumor has it that uh, I seem it was probably a fever dream that I had. And you sit there and you go, "What the? Okay, how does this all fit together? When does John Travolta die? When is he alive? When does what happen?" Well, and he, you get lost in it. You get lost in it. It makes sense if you really dig down through it. He, sort of. He died right after. You, he died right after they leave the diner. Because him, him, him and um, Samuel split, split, split ways. Yeah, and then that's when he stays. He stays involved in the crime. He doesn't listen to Samuel's warning, and then he gets shot by um, Bruce. Mm. I would just say, if you ever have to take a drug test, study hard for it. Just, just tell me what's in a briefcase, Derek. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's the MacGuffin. It doesn't really matter. It's the MacGuffin. Yeah, a hundred different things that people say, and they all make sense if you hear it from somebody. Yeah. Okay, now, ba- all right, back. Trump, okay, I, I think, number, number one, I don't think Trump should ever, ever, ever admit to being guilty for this. Now, I'm going to tell you, again, I'm a little bit concerned about this indictment. I'm concerned about some of the things in it. Mm-hmm. But to me, the overriding, and I will not get over this, and I asked the question yesterday, Derek, here's another question I'd like you to answer. What is the ultimate goal of these progressives? They are trying to push Republicans into conservatives. They are trying to push half the country into something. It's not just what's happening politically. It's happening culturally. They're trying to push this society into a place that it has not been before. They're telling us you can't even say basic, you cannot even repeat basic principles of biology without risking your career to some extent. We've got other stories about that today. A girl was given a zero on a test in college for using the phrase biological women, as if biological women don't exist. Hmm. Uh, You've got all this stuff happening with the sexuality of kids where now another ball player has been, I think from the Toronto Blue Jays, they cut him from the team because he he just tweeted, leave the kids alone. And that was enough to offend everybody. You've got all this stuff happening politically. To me, there is no question that we have a two-tier justice system and they're trolling us. They're putting it right in our face. This, this statement that, that, that Jack Smith made yesterday that we have this wonderful uh, system of justice that treats everybody equally. He's trolling us. We know better. What do what does the left want ultimately? What do they think is going to happen if they actually do throw Trump in jail, which is what they want? They want him in prison. If they were able to get that, what do they think the reaction is supposed to be from the other half of the country, Derek? Uh, they don't care. They hope it is violence. They hope it is actions for which they can be jailed. They want to put as many, they want to get rid of as many of us as possible. Not mass extermination or anything, at least not yet, although progressives certainly have a history of that in the last century. They want people to be put away. 
to be disenfranchised, to be otherized. The Democrats can't win an honest debate, so what they do is they set up a dishonest one. And if you can disqualify people, all of those people, they've got rid of, a, what, a thousand people have been arrested for January 6th. They've got a thousand people on notice that are probably being advised by attorneys or, and or scared to ever show up to another protest, march, or maybe even vote again. You take that ripple effect from there and you've spread it out to tens of thousands of other people like, hey, there's a big rally against, you know, the kindergarten teacher assigning pronouns to kids and changing their names without parents knowing. You're like, well, I don't know that I want to get involved in that. It's disgusting. There's no doubt about that. It shouldn't be allowed. But I, I don't. I can't afford a massive legal battle. And so you end up with a whole bunch of people who go and sit on the sidelines. That's their ultimate goal, I think. Wow. James Golden, AK, we're going to take a break. We're coming back. Your telephone calls coming up. WABC, Talk Radio 77, Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. WABC. Talk Radio 77. We are the crown jewel of American radio, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being with us for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. This is Yes, owner of a lonely heart. I, I hung out with, uh, oh, I'm going to do some name dropping, Derek. I hung out with, uh, <laughs> With one of the keyboard players from Yes, I'm not Tony K out in L.A. Man, it was wow, crazy. you can pick that one back up. I hung out with the key. I am good friends with a roadie for uh, Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Okay, what am I supposed to say? The keyboardist from Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Quickly, man, anybody the... not named James Golden, name the keyboardist from Yes. Any keyboard. Apparently, there are many of them. Without Rick looking Wink. it up. Okay, let's not even talk about Rick Wakeman and some of the others. Let's go, Tony K. Right? Okay. I said. Let me go to this thing James. that you. Oh, right, okay. Let's let, let's go it. back to this thing that you said about violence because, and it was discussed on PMSNBC mm-hmm. by an, a former FBI agent. He was talking with um with this Anna Cabrera woman, and he said it's an important issue. Um. That And they're, again, making the claim that Donald Trump is going to try to incite people to violence. And what he said was all this goes toward the risk and threat picture that the FBI, the Secret Service, the U.S. Marshals are going to be assessing. Because if indeed GOP high-profile people, and you would be one of them, Derek, keep claiming, if Trump keeps claiming that this is unfair, fight back, we've lost our democracy... 
all things being said, right, we're going to see people incited to violence if this doesn't change. So we're supposed to look at everything that has transpired. We're supposed to look at the FBI um, treatment of Hillary Clinton. Oh, she didn't mean it. Yeah, she mishandled classified documents. She didn't mean it, though. So nothing here. Honest mistake. Honest mistake. Yeah, honest mistake. I know I've accidentally set up many secret servers and trafficked and classified information on them. But, you know, it just happens. Like one day you're sitting around and the next thing you know you're setting up a server without your own knowledge. Just bizarre. Right. So we're supposed to just shut up because if we don't shut up and if we keep on saying that the two-tier justice system is a two-tier justice system, then we are inciting people to violence. Not the fact that the Democrat Party has weaponized the DOJ, that they have weaponized the FBI, but goodness sakes, no one has ever been held accountable. And I, I talked with President Trump earlier this week. No one's ever been really held accountable for what happened with this Russian collusion hoax. You had the FISA courts lie to. You had intelligence services. Derek, I've never understood. You had James how, Comey sitting how you down. Get a guy from MI6, right? Hmm. We had, we had James Comey sitting down with uh, Jen Psaki, who I affectionately refer to as Ginger Goebbels, because she is, uh, and not one serious question about anything related to the Durham report and all the abuses, the obvious abuses that we've known for months and months and years that he himself created. He briefed President-elect Donald Trump on the Steele dossier. He said, oh, some people are saying this. And it was two of two people in the room. And miraculously, within hours, Jake Tapper is reporting, and the, the news is now we can finally report on this thing we couldn't report on because the president-elect has been briefed on it because we couldn't prove anything on about it, so we can't report it. But now the president-elect has been briefed on it, now we can say, well, the president-elect has been briefed on it. It must have some credibility. The FBI thinks it's important enough for the president-elect to be briefed on it. Who do you think leaked that information to Jake Tapper, to CNN, to all these leftists? It was obviously James Comey. There was no question about that. They don't care. That interview with Ginger Goebbels was done expressly for posterity and to cover their posterior. That was it. That's how they operate. NBC News should be embarrassed. But then any network that employs someone like Joy Reid isn't capable of embarrassment. Oh. Okay. All right, let me just ask you to pull out your crystal ball, Derek, in the remaining moment that we have left before we have to go to news. Your call is going to come up very quickly into the next hour. Let me ask you to pull out your crystal ball. We're in, an un- we're in uncharted water here. Mm-hmm. Do you honestly think that these people really do, that this, look, where do you think this is going to end up with Donald Trump? I think they're going to, I don't know that they want a trial on anything before the election. I think that they want to sort of, if I'm being honest, martyr him into the nomination because they think that they can destroy him in the general. I think they're trying to pick their opponent. Um, I don't, I don't see it going anywhere. I can't imagine a, a jury, I mean, but then again, a jury up in New York, it depends on where the jury is, I suppose. 
But I, well, I think so far really... it looks like this is Southern District in Miami. Yeah, no, they want to drag this out. At least that's where they're starting this. I think they want to drag this out. That's why, look, if you got a hot case and this guy's a threat to society and you're Alvin Bragg, you don't say, well, you know what, how about we schedule the trial for about a year from now? Let's drag our feet. No, and if you think that there's a threat that this person poses to the very nature of our democracy, you try and get in court as quickly as possible so that you can neuter that threat. They're not doing that. Quite the charges afternoon. are important. The charges are what matter to them. That's what they're doing. I'd like to see the Trump team be a little bit more uh, aggressive in trying to get the charges dismissed with prejudice, to try and expose them. There's advantages. You've got to be honest. There's advantages to Trump to sort of have this out there, too. They're coming after me because I'm standing up for you, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, They've, they've both got to, uh, I think that the Trump team needs to get rid of them because eventually it will have an impact. If they keep piling up bogus charge after bogus charge, eventually will start to uh, weigh on it. No one straw breaks Derek the Hunter. back. Town Hall you can also find Derek's podcast. Derek, where can people find your podcast? I can just Google Derek Hunter podcast or uh, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. Thanks much. Coming back for the second hour of the Radio Extravaganza, folks. Thank you, Derek, right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nick, you gotta it's James Bowl. Golden, a.k.a. Post Nerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And yeah, here we are. You have Danny's piece? You have Danny's piece ready? We've been looking at the NBA while everything is going on. Let's hear from our good friend who's away from the show for the moment. Danny D. Crescenzo catch up with what's going on in the National Thug, I'm sorry, the National Basketball, the National Thug, the National Basket, the National Thug, the National Basketball Association. Hi, James. It's Danny D. Crescenzo, and I stayed up late to record this, but the Denver Nuggets will win game four of the NBA Finals by a score of approximately 108 to 93. It will mean that Denver is up 3 1 in the series. Teams that are up 3 1 in the NBA Finals are 35 and 1 historically. So Denver has all the momentum on their side. It has been a great series for them. Unfortunately, Miami just ran out of gas near the end of the game. And I am delighted to tell you this, but in just one more game, if the Nuggets win one more game, the series is over, the NBA season is over. And the last thing I'll mention is that on the 77 WABC Sports <laughs> website, I wrote a fascinating article about what happened to Zion Williamson yesterday when he announced that his girlfriend is expecting a child. I highly suggest you check it out during a break because it is one heck of a story. Anyway, James, that's your NBA update. I'll hear from you soon. 
You will indeed, Danny, Danny <clears throat> DeCrescenzo, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get to your calls really soon. There's all kind of other news that has been going on. If you're on hold, stay on hold. If you want to talk about the indictment, we are here until 10, and we're going to talk about this indictment. But I have a stack of stories that is unusually large this week because and the lead-up to this indictment covered so much news. So we'll get to some of those other stories, too. By the way, Donald Trump is going to have rallies. So we will see and anxiously see what Donald Trump says at these rallies. First public appearances supposed to be in Georgia and North Carolina. So we will see starting, I mean, I think one of the rallies is tonight. But I'll get the schedule. Yeah. So he is going to address today, actually. He's going to be Georgia and North Carolina today. Let's see what Donald Trump has to say now that these indictments have been unsealed. Ron DeSantis has come to Donald Trump's defense, sort of, sort of. DeSantis is saying that in a New York minute, he would have been court-martialed had he taken classified documents while he was in the Navy. He, but he does say there needs to be one standard of justice in this country. Let's enforce it on everybody. If you're not going to go after Hillary Clinton, don't go after Donald Trump. So he's walking a fine line. Nikki Haley, this is not how justice needs to be pursued in the country. Chris Christie, New Jersey's own Chris Christie, called the indictment devastating. He said the facts that are laid out here are damning. Asa Hutchison is pushing back on the claims that Donald Trump is being treated unfairly. To pejoratively say this is the result of a political prosecution is not in service to our justice system. Oh, shit. Asa, I remember when Asa Hutchinson used to actually, I remember when he actually used to make sense. He says it would be a disservice to our country if we don't take the case. Going to be standing room only at these rallies. What do you mean you can hear me talking during commercials? Oh, I'm getting all kind of text messages there, Nick. People are saying, I can hear you during the commercials, and you better stop using that foul language. <laughs> okay. We're going to take some telephone calls because I promised we would. I'm going to get on to some of the other stories that are in the news, and we have got a bunch of them. Let us start 
shall we, with Joanne in Westchester. Joanne, thank you for waiting. You're on WABC, James Golden. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Yes, good morning, Bo. How am I to be Joanne. on? Good, good morning. morning. I've tried so many times thank to get you. through, but I mean different times, different days, different nights. You're on too. Love it. Anyway, love you. And uh, I just want to say that uh, with reference to uh, whether or not Trump should, uh, I mean, call it a day and uh, let DeSantis in, I I don't agree with that. I don't. I think that definitely he should, I think, fight his way through because I think the charges, you know, like you said before, you were concerned about a few of them, yes, but I think a lot of it's bogus and I I, I I don't know. I, you know what? I'll tell you the truth. I, my head is still spinning about the whole thing. But um, as far as DeSantis, I'll tell you the truth. I'm not even really a fan of having him in now. At some point, yes, he's got a beautiful resume, you know, the whole bit. Uh, he's done a lot of good. He's done a lot of good. And we know, we know. But um, I don't think he's ready for this yet. And I think, to tell you the truth, in as much as we have a lot of good guys running, too, and I am a, a Tim Scott fan from – uh, South Carolina. I'm also um, I like um, I, I like quite a few of them actually. Okay, but I I think you know you know I really like. I don't know Let's run down. Let me. Uh, yes. Sorry. Sorry. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Tell me. That's I okay. I was going to ask you to let's run down the list. Let's run down the list of a few. Let's run down the list. You and me. Okay. Okay. Here's so you Rodney we know Rodney. that you want Trump to stay in there. I do. Ramaswamy. It'll present chaos. It'll present a lot of chaos. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. I heard. I'll just interject, if I may, for one second about that Ramaswamy. Um, I Go heard ahead. him on with Maria yeah. uh, Bartiroma yeah, last night, and I'll tell you the truth. I think he's pretty strong in his in his um, you know viewpoints and convictions. And I, I'll tell you the truth. I think that he, you know, if anything, I mean, if God forbid they tie Trump up like this, and they, you know, what they're trying to do is get him not to. Uh, be in there. I think that, or even as a vice president, I lo- I love his viewpoints on China. I, he's spot on, but it's also exactly as Trump. And that's it. Like we should have been out of there long ago. Trump was saying that for eight years, wasn't he? And we should have been out of there. Uh, we depend on them for far too much, including our medicine. I mean, that's pathetic. Our foods are, uh, there's one store around, around the area that has, they have, um, well, they're around the tri-state area and they have all Chinese products. Uh, you know, a woman was walking out of the store. Wow. She looked at the back of the, China, made in China. Made, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Yep. I, uh, Whole Foods, if you want to be. If you, I don't know if you ever heard of. Anyway, it's a pretty upscale chain. Do and, I heard of um, them? I, I, I The amount of money I spend at Whole Foods is ridiculous. Ooh. But yeah, Ooh. but they have a lot of, mm. but they also have a lot of local farm products at Home Foods too. So you can get a lot of locally grown things at Whole Foods. It's Amazon Prime Whole Foods. Let's just be, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's the Amazon right, right. Prime Whole Foods now. Right, but isn't Amazon in... Okay, so how about, let me, so Joanne, Joanne, let me ask you, if, I'm going to throw out a few names to you. I want to get okay. your reaction to them. You mm-hmm. mentioned you like Vivek Ramaswamy. You mentioned you like Tim Scott. What are, yes. your, what are your thoughts on Nikki Haley? I'll tell you the truth. I like Nikki Haley, always have. Um, I don't know that she's strong enough, powerful enough for now. I, okay, so my my thoughts on power, meaning Trump to me is above all because I think he's probably the only one that can reverse a lot of this that's 
if in fact he gets in. I, I guess if the world was, oh my God, if the, you know, all normal, all was well with the world, uh, we need the man to reverse what's been done. We are in just a hole. I, I, I don't know. We're going to go under. China's you know what? Coming. I went through four things. I went through four things with President Trump when he was on. And by the way, I'm going to do this um, for every presidential candidate. And by the way, one of the things, by the way, and by the way, and by the way, and by the way, we're also trying to reach the candidates on the Democrat side, too, not just Republicans. I want to talk to everybody, every single one of them. Very fair. Okay, so, so, I asked Donald Trump, and I'm going to assume when I talk to each one of them, we talked to Larry Elder this week. A lot of people don't even realize Larry Elder is running because he's him. not getting love him. You love him. Okay. Larry Elder had some very interesting things to say about education, which is one of his number one priorities. Now, Donald Trump, and I asked each, each candidate, I'm going to ask the same kind of questions to. We're assuming that you won. What are you going to do? I asked Donald Trump what he's going to do about the two-tier justice system. He said he is definitely going to dismantle it. I asked him about the the uh, immigration. And things have reversed so much. If this, if this indictment didn't come down the same night, Donald Trump made some headlines with us the other day because he said, by the time Joe Biden leads, leaves office, Donald Trump is projecting that there will be 15 million illegal immigrants that came in just during the Biden administration. And he's going to shut down the borders. He's going to shut it down. I asked him about the, uh, the economy and what he would do there. And it's gonna, he's going to have to rebuild the economy again after it was the economy that he left, and he, he said we had never had a piece, an economy that was performing as well as when he was president, and to look at what has happened to it is a disgrace. So we're going to go again with deregulations, with tax cuts, with all the things that produced a roaring economy this time. And I also asked him about ballot harvesting. You know, elections with Republicans, we tend to show up, Republicans, conservatives, show up on election day. And he said, yes, wouldn't it be nice if we had the election day model back? One day decides to vote. But since that's not the way it is, now he is urging people to bank their votes early. He's of two minds, he said, of it. He doesn't like it, but at the same time, he sees the political, and I'm paraphrasing him, he sees the political necessity for it. So it was an amazing interview with President Trump Joanne, thank you for the call. We really appreciate it. Got to head to a break here. More of your calls coming up, and we've got so much other news to discuss with you. I'm going to start bringing in some of those other news stories, too. And feel free to comment on whatever you want to comment on. Nick, what is this? I got to direct Nick, Nikki Haley would sell her own mother to be vice president. Oh, really? Can't wait to have Nikki Haley on. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden Snurley with you. Don't go away. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. One of the most iconic guitar riffs of all time. Eric Clapton with Derek and the Dominoes. Layla. All right, I have a question. I have a question. Avery, Nick, uh, you know, voiceless one, type up your answer, voiceless one. Since when do burning forests give off orange smoke 3,000 miles away? This is a question that has been posed to me. I am not, I am, the, the contingent is out. The contingent is out. The person that DM'd me this question says, good, I'm glad you're going to ask it. I posted this question in Facebook. I'm waiting for explanations, especially from some of my firefighter uh, relatives. Nobody is commenting so far. Since when do burning forests give off orange smoke 3,000 miles away? Now, the air quality is today, air is back to normal, right? No one's complaining about the orange haze that made New York like orange, orange, orange haze New York. Not purple haze, orange haze. Ooh, we should pay purple haze next break. See, that but got, when? That was organic. Yeah. So, you know, my major was telecommunications. It wasn't earth science or anything like that or meteorology. But it's to my understanding that it's kind of it might be the same reason that the sky is blue right now. It has to do with how, you know, how, you know, white light, there's a spectrum. It's like a rainbow. And, uh, you know, different things can affect the way we see light and how light shines through the atmosphere. And I think when a lot of particulate and smoke and, you know, whether it's from a forest fire or pollution or something like that goes into the air, the, the light from the sun, you know, goes through those particles in a different way. And I think that can change the color. So it's not that the smoke itself is orange. It's that the smoke is probably black or gray or whatever and turns the sky orange. Okay, Avery, you didn't study earth science either, did you? Yeah. I, I love yeah, science. what is that? Yes, no, uh, I didn't. I did. Uh, I love science. You love so okay, so why is this why was why was there orange New York 3000 miles away from where the forest fires were burning? This is a rabbit hole question. That a while ago, I told you about those. This, que- this question leads to more questions that you are not prepared to answer. 
<laughs> what do you mean? And then, and it's then, a simple question. No, but why it does, was the, it's, it's why more was New York? Than that. Okay, how is it more complex? This is where you get into, the, into other theories and other things that you that your mind is not open enough. You, you're not prepared to go there, and then you make fun of me. I'm not. <laughs> See, you're already I'm laughing. I'm <laughs> not. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, it, I don't believe you're not going to make fun of me if you're laughing while you're saying you're not going to make fun of me. Well, can I ask you another? Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. This week, there was more. There, there was this whistleblower that came out and said that, you know. Yep. Wait, what do you think about that? Huh? What do you think about that, Bo? Huh? The whistleblower that said that, yeah, all his business with the aliens and stuff, it's real. And and all these UFOs, the government has been housing yes. these. See, that's the thing about me. I'm always way ahead of myself and way ahead of my time. <laughs> and the stuff I'm right about, I'm, I don't have the luxury of saying I told you so because it's big stuff, like human altering stuff. So I can't tell you I told you so when the aliens come and, and, and invade. So the aliens now we learn are, and by the way, NASA, Held one of these, uh, held one of these conferences, right? That is giving credit, credence to the idea that UFOs are a, a, a real thing, Man. and that there's mm. Bo. I, I, you can't see me, but, but I'm, why? I'm shaking, why my, I'm is, shaking my head in pity at you right now. At pity yeah. on me. I'm shaking at, my on, head. At me. I'm shaking my head. I, you still don't believe. I'm asking a question that was asked to me. Why is there orange smoke? Why was New York orange when the fires were 3,000 miles away? And how come? And and it didn't even smell like forest fires. No. It was just orange. And now it's a, and there, and now it's a, a bright, sunshiny day. And now it's a bright, sunshiny day. Now, if something was, pa- if, if, if something was passing over... That was maybe in duress or maybe on fire or something like that. Maybe that could be it. All right. We have we the voiceless one on AI. We actually have an AI voice. The voiceless one on AI. What is the uh, answer to uh, uh, this question? Why was there... We're going to use AI now. Why was there... Orange, New York, when the forest fires were 3,000 miles away. Processing. Processing. Mm-hmm. It's when we're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. Processing. It's still processing. I've got mm-hmm. a feeling he's going to give a similar answer to me. When there are dust storms in Arizona. Mm-hmm. He's processing when there are dust storms processing. in Arizona. Is this Scott? No, Scott, no, 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 no. Oh, well, we tried for AI. AI doesn't know the answer to it. We, we, we asked R2-D2. You, you don't know who you want to believe, man. I'm telling you. When you going to come over? When you going to come over to this side, James? <laughs> um, come over to the kook side. Is that see? what you're saying you see? you see what you're doing? Come over to the kook side. A high come ranking, over to the kook side. A high-ranking so, military, high, high military guy says it, and you still don't believe yeah, it. I don't believe it. No. I don't believe it. No, I don't believe it. And I don't believe that there's anything wacky about Orange, New York, when there are 4,000 forest fires burning 
in Canada. I don't think that this is, here we go with the conspiracies again. Oh, you know, it's not really forest fire smoke. We have pictures of the forest fires burning in Canada. We Uh have footage of fires burning in Canada. And so there is wind, and we do know that wind exists. Even though we can't see the wind, we do know that it actually exists. And guess what? The wind travels. And when you have 4,000 fires burning in Canada and the wind blows some of that air, well, how come we didn't get any ash? How come we didn't get any ash? How come we just got orange haze? Well, 3,000 miles, you said it yourself. The ash is not going to carry for 3,000 miles. I mean, come on. Do we have to go conspiratorial with everything? We definitely got something. Is, My can car there be was nothing that's soot. just, can, can, can't there be anything that just is what it is? And now I'm getting all kind of responses on this UFO stuff, too. They're releasing the UFO stuff to distract us against Joe Biden. It's only the beginning. This whole UFO thing is a distraction. But Bo, you man. believe in the UFOs, Avery. You believe it. Bo, you think we've been, Bo. you've been. See, see, your tone, your tone. There you go again. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So then we had this guy come out and say, yep, I saw him. I saw the eight foot UFOs. They were eight foot, two of them. And they came out of the, they came out of the thing. And I saw them. You see that video? Now, let me ask you a question. Are you going to say, yep, he saw him. Must be real. See, my mind is open to the possibilities. That That's my whole problem with you, Bo. Your mind's not open to it. So I watched that video last night, actually, and the dude who filmed it with his whole family freaking out in his backyard, he actually owns a YouTube channel completely dedicated to alien sightings. And so oh. right off the bat, red flag, kind of fishy. And I watched it, and I actually watch a lot of alien slash UFO-related videos, so this is a topic I can expand on. But... um. Yeah, the video, it looks like a total fabrication. The, of the one, course it, it does. The one interesting of thing course. I'll say is that the one of the, the police officers that responded and the entire family definitely saw something fall out of the sky. Now, that could be anything. Things fall out of the sky all the time. Meteorites, satellite parts, frozen stuff from planes, you know. But uh, I think, you know, humans definitely have a pattern recognition thing, and we see smoke in the sky, and... We have uh, online sensationalism, so we want to we want to draw these th- two things together. We see smoke, we don't see things in the sky. We say aliens, you know. All right, let's try one. More. Let's see. Processing. When there are dust storms in Arizona or the Middle East, the sky turns orange. Smoke from a fire is similar. I agree with Nick's explanation. UFOs are a government tool to destroy religion. Wow, that's what the AI said. That sound like that the sound, AI agreed with Nick. That sounded like my great aunt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why, why don't you put a sexy voice on that thing? <laughs> <laughs> Bo, man. All right. When, 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 when exactly did they get to you, Bo? When did they get to you? When does what get to me? When did they get to you? Like you, you, you too. Who's you, you they? too. You too. I know you. You know who they are. You too against this. No, the question you, you, you is too when did they get to you. I'm too close minded because I don't go along with every kook thing that comes out. If 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 the if the sky turns if oh, everything, okay? Oh look, look up in the sky. Oh look there. Now I will say this in defense of the kooks. There was a story <laughs> There was a story yesterday. And I sent it to the queen of kooks. 
about the United States again investing in the seeding of clouds. So oh. government. Yeah. So the United States government seeding clouds. Okay, so there is something going on with government efforts to try to uh, mitigate the weather. They've been doing that for a while, though, right? I know. I yeah, know. I, but again, that. they posted a new one. So, but does that mean every time you look up in the sky and you see a strange formation, it's a chemtrail? No. Does that mean when you have massive forest fires burning and the wind travels with some of the air that all of a sudden we've got a new coop conspiracy thing of what they're trying to do to you? No. Does it mean that every time you stand in front or stand downwind of a 5G tower, you're putting your life in danger? No. It doesn't mean... When are the kooks going to just acknowledge that there are phenomena that happen on Earth that are natural phenomena? I want to be there when you really, the, the second you really believe. I want to be there, Bo. I want to be there when you flip. Processing. The airplanes are speeding 5G through the air and killing the trees. We got to go to a break. Yeah, tell my aunt to be, <laughs> tell my aunt to be quiet. <laughs> we got to go. We got we we got to go to a break. James Golden at Case Thirty. We are coming back with your calls. We're going to talk about the indictment again. The Orange, New York, the forest fires. My goodness! Tell my aunt to put them cigarettes down. The UFOs, the eight foot aliens on YouTube channel where I can monetize it if I get enough people. Oh, yeah, nothing suspicious there. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. Don't go away. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. The forest fires. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. The forest fires. I can see all obstacles in my way. The chemtrails. The aliens. It's gonna be a bright, 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 bright day. The 5G towers. It's gonna be bright, 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 Your 5G devices. Day. I think I can make it now. The pain is gone. All of the bad feelings have disappeared. The one world government. Here is that rainbow I've been praying for. It's gonna be bright, 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 sunshiny day. Orange, New York. Yeah, look all around, my friends. The blue skies are here. 
Let's go back to the telephones on WABC. Teddy in Yonkers. Teddy! Teddy, how are you? Long time no speak. Bo? Yes. I know what you feel dealing with the Trump situation. I know your agenda. Your whole station has the agenda, the same agenda. He is guilty. Bo, don't he had it in the bathroom. He had it in in two other places too. He had what in the bathroom? Documents. They found documents all over the place. Oh what and Bo, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. He, when he was asked to turn them in, yes, he didn't turn all of them in, and it's on tape. Listen to me carefully. It's on tape where he said to his lawyers, "Do we have to turn them all in? We don't have to tell the FBI all what we have." And that's the difference between Pence and Biden. They turned them all Let in. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Why can't you acknowledge that the guy is is evil? Teddy, Why can't you do Teddy, that? Oh, Bo? I will never acknowledge that he's evil. No, we're not going there. But let me ask you a question. Don't you believe in attorney-client privilege? Uh, do you ever hear of that, Teddy? Yes, I have. That you should be able to say things to your lawyer in total confidence and they're not blurted out all over the place? Have you ever uh, thought about that, Teddy? Well, how was it on tape, Bo? Hey, Teddy, can I ask you a question? Yes. Let's say that for the sake of this discussion, and only for the sake of this discussion, that I say, you know, that's what the indictment says. You're exactly right. That's what the indictment says. Can I ask you if you believe that in the United States of America, as we have a two-tier justice system. Do you believe that that some people are punished for things or brought up on charges, while other people who do very similar things, like Hillary Clinton, escape any kind of punishment whatsoever? Do you believe that that is the case? Oh, I am not a lawyer. Yes. You are not a lawyer. Wait a minute. You just lawyered on Trump. Why can't you lawyer on Hillary? What do you mean I lawyered on Trump? I am talking. You're citing chapter and verse. You're saying this is what happened. This is what happened. We know what happened with Hillary, don't we? We know that she mishandled classified documents. That's a fact. It's not supposition. And you don't really have to be a lawyer. This woman installed her own private servers. That means that she put her own computer network in place, not the government's network. If you're a government employee, the only way you're supposed to use classified documents is on the government computers, and you're not supposed to even put them on your personal computer. You're supposed to only use them on government computers. We know that, and she did not do that. She put her own private servers in place up at Chappaqua, and she was trafficking in classified documents. That is undisputed. Now that you know that, will you acknowledge that we have a two-tier justice system, Teddy? We always had a two-tier justice system for minorities, okay? And I'm not a minority. I know, thanks to the same Democrat Party FBI, that's absolutely true. And I've said that. I made the case yesterday 
that the FBI didn't just turn corrupt. They've been corrupt. They've been corrupt if you go back and look at their actions in the civil rights movement. If you go back even before that and look at the way that J. Edgar Hoover started the FBI and what they did to Italian immigrants that was against the law. The FBI has been a festering sore in America for as long as they've been in existence. And a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that because, oh, they're law enforcement. And we're supposed to just, and I'm not saying that all of the people that work for the FBI are corrupt. I'm not saying that at all. There are many great people and great agents in the FBI who entered the service for this country for the very right reasons. But the leadership of the FBI has long been corrupt. And the decisions that they have made time and time again, whether it's falsifying evidence over at Quantico, whether it's what they did in the civil rights movement, and including the wire, the illegal wiretapping of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., whether it's all of that, the FBI is, whether it's the Clinton files, FBI files turn up in the Clinton White House, no one ever held accountable for it. Would you at least acknowledge that in the age of Joe Biden, where we still have Joe Biden with millions of dollars and his family with millions of dollars, it's unexplained how they got it. We have these investigations being thwarted by the DOJ. Would you admit that this agency, this DOJ, this Biden administration has been politicized and is weaponized and that these are political persecution against Donald Trump? Would you at least admit the truth there, Teddy? Oh, I said before, let the chips fall where they may fall. When they investigate Biden and this alleged bribes that he and his son have taken. What's taking them so long? If they find the evidence, then let the chips What's taking them so long? Why do you think it's taking them so long? I'm not I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not working for the government, and I'm not doing the investigation, okay? But you just can't acknowledge anything about Trump. That's the problem that I have with you, okay? I did acknowledge. I said for the sake of this argument, let's, for the sake of your discussion, let's say, and, and I said it, that you have stated what is being stated in the indictment. I am acknowledging that everything that you said about the indictment is what is in the indictment. I'm saying that to you, Teddy. Is it true? Is it true? That's what the trial will determine. Don't you think that in this system we're supposed to actually give a person a chance to defend yes. themselves against accusations? Yeah, yes, yes. Well, thank you. That's all I'm saying. Let's be fair to President Trump. Are you capable of being fair to President Trump, Teddy? Yeah, yes, I am. Are you fair? Okay, thank you. Are you being fair, capable of being fair? To yes, I am. I'm not declaring Joe Biden guilty. I'm saying where's the investigation? I'm saying let's see it. I'm being fair. I'm, but I do know, and we do know, that Hillary Clinton was given a pass. It, and we do she, know that. Why was she given, why was she given a pass? Oh, why? that's a question we should be asking James Comey. But he didn't. But you remember, he didn't cooperate with the investigation of Durham. You do know that, right? I guess you didn't. I, I am not totally familiar with the Durham report. Yeah, yeah, well, he didn't, and, and you should familiarize yourself with it. Teddy, right, you know okay. what? I missed you, and, and I hope, I'm glad that you called back, Teddy. You know I love you. You're, you're, you're an amazing guy. I really love you. I'll take you out to breakfast.
breakfast one time. We'll, we'll go to in Westchester. You name the place. We'll go out for breakfast. Cool. All right, Teddy. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Let's go to Tom in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Tom, how are you? Hello, Tom. Goodbye, Tom. We're going to go to break. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. Orange skies, no more. Blue skies back, New York City and surrounding area. Forest fires still burning. But we're having a wonderful day. 800-848-WABC. A lot of other news, a lot more of your phone calls coming up later on in the program. America's Small Caffeinated Mom joins us. On 77 WABC. All the notes. Boy, this bumper keeps coming back on this show. Everybody loves All the Notes, Sarah's Smile. All right, some of the things that are in the news that we didn't get to. And I'm going to come back. We're going to have more of your calls here on WABC. Avery, have you ever heard of a website, or have you been there, called Modamily? Modamily. Modamily? Yeah, yeah. No. Okay, here's what this site is about. You may want to play very close attention to this, Avery. (laughs) Uh, It's because this is an Associated Press story. Uh, Nick Farrell wanted what a lot of people do. He wanted a child, and he wanted a parenting partner. At 45 years old, after a long-term romance didn't work out, he decided to take matters into his own hand. He entered into a platonic open arrangement that a platonic open arrangement that has flourished for nine years. What, what's the pl- uh, Go ahead. Whether it's friends, known sperm donors, or co-parenting connections made on so-called mating sites, more families are coming together platonically without the pain of divorce or the added stress and expense of going it alone. You choose a parent together platonically. You can live separately or under the same roof. If you do this, and there are websites where you can pick your platonic mate and you can have a platonic child, you know, you get together, whether it's artificial insemination or whatever, you get yourselves pregnant, have the kid, but you're platonic, you're friends. There's nothing to it but to do it. And that website that I'm mentioning to you, is where this guy, Nick Farrell, met his parenting partner Man, on Modamily, a, a handful of sites oh. and apps. It's called Family Building. Oh. You can build your own platonic 
family uh, since 2011, about 100,000 people have registered. 1,000 babies have been born through partnerships created there. And it's a growing thing. Uh, I, w- I would think that would be for the for the non uh, for the non straight. No, it's not. It's not just for the non straight, and that was the point of it. That there are more people, you know, they they're tired of dealing with with fail, failed romances. They're tired of dealing with divorces, so mm-hmm. they just have a platonic family. No, nah, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be down for that. You're not down. No, nah, I, I couldn't. No, nah, I wouldn't be. I mean, you get all of the all of the bad stuff. It seems like and none of the good stuff. Wait a minute, having kids is the bad stuff. Yeah, you got to deal. You got to not having arguments. You got to deal the bad with stuff. You got to deal with the kids. You got to raise the little thing. And now I'm, I'm I'm living with his mother, or I'm friends with his mother, and and we never got to have sex at all. I never got to experience. Like it seemed like, nah, man. And even worse, somebody else might be having sex with her. He he, he just get off scot free. I I want to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I just, just uh, uh-uh, uh, no, that don't that don't sound right. It just I don't, don't something see. doesn't sound right about yeah this something. How about you, Nick? I mean, this idea, okay, you can. Uh, well, I just got I just got another check. Hey, wait a minute, Avery. Lots of folks get married. Do that. They they turn platonic. They have the kid. They they don't really you know. Yeah, it's called it's called a failed marriage. Oh, yeah. A lot Nick? of a lot of marriages fail. Nick. I mean, you know, I'm I'm kind of a young guy, so I don't have a whole lot of family building experience. But uh, you know, my parents got divorced when I was like seven. It wasn't a huge deal. You know, my mom was really tough. She Raised me and my brother kind of on her own. You know, I still saw my dad, but she was definitely the uh, the breadwinner. And it's definitely, you can definitely do it with one person. But in some cases, you know, there's that saying, you know, it takes a village, you know. Uh, ch- babies and children are super complex things. And there's, you know, they take out everything, sensory around them, and they're super impressionable. So it really just depends on who's well, there. Whether I, Ah, they're super impressionable. I need, I need the physical... Or at least to be able to draw on the memory of the physical. <laughs> okay. I need, I need to. That's, I need at least that, Bo. To, but to just be completely platonic, walking in, even the conception. Mm. Let's see what AI has to say about it. Art, <laughs> artificial. A large variety of what you like to list. Hmm. What did it say? I can a large variety of I what? I can recommend a large variety of porn sites that are much more fun than the one you are referring to. A porn site. Would you like a list? <laughs> he said, "Would you like the oh. list?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, AI, yeah. <laughs> hey, my my auntie, Processing. my auntie, giving good advice. <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Cheryl, right. don't, don't give it all away, Auntie Cheryl. <laughs> Our next story, women's only spa must serve trans patrons with male genitals, federal judge rules. This is from earlier in the week. A woman's only nude Korean spa doesn't have the right to exclude patrons with male genitalia who identify as transgender. So you had, this is in Washington State, 
the Olympia Spa. It's a Korean only. It's a nude spa. I guess you got to undress when you get in there, whatever. Um, and they used to have a sign that said, biological women are welcome. It is the a policy of the uh, spa not to discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, disability in its programs or activities. But they were sued. And a Jimmy Carter-appointed judge ruled that, no, you cannot have a woman's only spa that just serves biological women. If you are going to have a woman's spa, you have to open up your woman's spa to men, well, to women that have male genitalia. Okay. No comments from the crew on that one. Oh, you crazy. We are in there. We are in there, <laughs> Bo. <laughs> we are in there. I'm so a, you would go to a woman's spa and just say, hey, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a woman, just to go to a naked woman's spa. I put on a wig and walk right through the door. Yeah. I'm in there. I'm in there. I am a woman for, the, for, for, for three hours. <laughs> what, do, what are women? I, I don't understand. I would love to hear from the women in this audience because I don't. Women are being devalued. Okay, next story. <laughs> woman has <laughs> a woman has the worst flight of her life after being given the wrong food on a fifteen-hour journey. Uh oh, she was from a nation that, if I say the word, I'm liable to get an investigation. It's over there in the middle Middle East. Uh, she had uh, this woman. She's a TikTok star said that she suffered from explosive explosive bathroom movements. It was a 15-hour flight. Hey, guys, hey, guys, hey, guys. Okay, 15-hour flight. She ate a croissant, but apparently the croissant wasn't gluten-free. This woman's crying in TikTok. She says for the next 15 hours, she was in the bathroom, and it wasn't pretty. And it wasn't, um, how shall we say, contained. The odors of which were not just contained to the bathroom. She says she will be suffering mental repercussions now for probably the rest of her life, I guess, of that one flight. So if you have a special diet, let me ask you a question. Is it the airplane? Is it the air? Is it the airline? Do you really trust the airlines to get? If you have a specialized diet that could result in such a horrible experience, are you going to trust your health to the airline with food, or are you going to bring your own food? I'm bringing my own food. I'm bringing my own. Yeah, that's food. what I would think. If you if you're like gluten free and you know that this could result in you being like. Having a fifteen-hour yeah. if you locked experience. in the bathroom, yeah, that's and what what was the mental part of it? Like, what was the mental like trauma? Because was it the, the actual experience or was it like the when, embarrassment? Was it when the passengers were throwing tomatoes at her? Like every time she had to run back <laughs> to the bathroom, <laughs> whenever the door came open. <laughs> Apparently it was like that. Oh. When the door opened, it was just like, oh, what just, what, what just happened on this plane? And she picked the wrong time to eat the to eat the croissant. She ate it like while the train was ta- while the plane was taxiing, like before the flight even started. I don't know what happened for fifteen hours. 
15 hours of, of, of 15 torment. 15 hours. Oh, man, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay, Garth Brooks. Have you heard about this? Garth Brooks is opening up a new bar. He says he's going to serve Bud Light. He's going to serve every kind of beer. And then he called people. He said, look, if you're an a-hole, there are plenty of other places you can go. So apparently those of you who are boycotting Bud Light, according to to Garth Brooks, you are a bunch of a-holes. And you don't have to come to his new bar. You can go somewhere else. Okay. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks has a lot of fans out there. Wonder if they're all still his fans. Our number duo in the can. We're coming back. More of your calls straight ahead. And there's so much more news on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. James Golden, Snurley, WABC, Crown Jewel of American Radio. Don't go away. Coming back. Hour number three. WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to our number trio. In this hour, we will hear from America's small caffeinated mom, and we will hear from you. Your phone call is going to be a big part of this hour here on WABC. 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. We're going to continue with a few news items and then head to the phones for your calls. Cracker Barrel, ladies and gentlemen. Cracker Barrel. Mm-hmm. That's right. Cracker Barrel. The story is at the DailyBS.com. The DailyBS.com. That's our... We send out a twice-a-day news blast. We, most nerdly, that's the BS in the Daily BS. We send out a twice-a-day news blast. We have a website now that we're, we've launched. It's kind of still in pre-launch. We're doing all kinds of things with the website. You just wait till you see some of the stuff we're adding. Web development, that's a whole other thing I could spend hours on. But I'm not going to because it's in the weeds. First Chick-fil-A and now Cracker Barrel, the country store and restaurant chain has apparently learned nothing about knowing your customer base from the Bud Light fiasco. In celebrating Pride Month, it doesn't stop there. Cracker Barrel shared a photo on Facebook of one of its rockers that traditionally sit in front of the store with rainbow-colored slats. <clears throat> Along with the message, we're excited to celebrate Pride Month with our employees and guests. Everyone is always welcome at our table. While a noble thought, the company does not recognize every demographic in America in a similar fashion. And they've gotten some complaints. Some people are calling it corporate cowardness. Companies fear that if they don't do this whole thing around Pride Month, that their social credit score on diversity and inclusion from the corporate 
Equality Index, which is overseen by the pro-LGBTQ plus advocacy, advocacy group Human Rights Campaign, that it would hurt their business. HuffPo boasted of Cracker Barrel, the company now has a diversity, equity, and inclusion policy in place, scores 80 on the Human Rights Campaign Corporate Equality Index. Call of Duty. You guys ever play Call of Duty? Mm-hmm. I dabble. Okay. A beloved first-person shooter game, Call of Duty, coming under fire after the company opted to remove a professional streamer's very own operator bundle over comments they deemed were, guess what, offensive over Pride Month. Responding to a recent post, protest in Glendale, Pride in the Schools, the streamer simply said they should leave little children alone. That's the real issue. That's all he said, and that's all it took for the people that own Call of Duty to take his bundle away. Due to recent events, we have removed Nick Merck's operator bundle from Modern Warfare 2 and from Warzone Store. We are focused on celebrating pride with our employees and our community. So unless you go along with the agenda, including this mutilation of children, 100%, dare you ever say that children should be protected now, even this game, Call of Duty, they're going to come after you. They're going to punish you if they can, if you are at all associated with anything. Your career will be in the tank if you dare voice an a, a, a opinion other than the official opinion of the left. Guess what the number one beer is in the nation now? It's no longer Bud Night. It's Modelo Especial. Who owns them? I think Anheuser Bush owns them. Well, that worked. Okay. There's a story that goes deep in the weeds. I cannot get to all of it, but it's worth looking at. Again, this is at the dailybs.com. Left-wing billionaires nonprofit funded DHS linked portal used to censor misinformation on social media platforms. All of that means there's a billionaire out here, left-wing donor to Joe Biden, Pierre Omidyar. He funded a portal that the government uses to censor those of you whose comments are not appreciated. It's a story. CS, CISA, which is all, you get all these government acronyms and all this stuff. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, component of the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, has apparently been using this portal to censor speech, although 
They told Daily Caller News Foundation that's not what's going on. Mark Zuckerberg had a few interesting things to say. The Zuck says that he was pressured by the establishment to censor information. Here's a story. Zuckerberg says establishment as Facebook to censor COVID misinformation that actually turned up to be true, turned out to be true. And he's complaining now that it undermines the trust of his social media platform. He said recently that the scientific establishment asked his platform to censor posts about COVID-19 that ended up being debatable or being true. We all knew this was going on, but now he's admitting it. He said, just take some of the stuff around COVID earlier out in the pandemic when there were real health implications, but there hadn't been time to fully vet a bunch of the scientific assumptions. And unfortunately, I think a lot of the establishment on that kind waffled on a bunch of facts. He said the establishment encouraged him to enforce these shaky facts. They asked for a bunch of things to be censored that in retrospect ended up being more debatable or true. Now, this may sound like a very innocuous statement. But let's look at that for a quick second. We were told And people were told that certain medicines didn't work. That turned out not to be the case. But yet, if you went on social media platforms and you said, hey, this medicine could help save your life, you were censored. Or could have been censored is a better way I should put it. This is serious business. And yet, no investigations. Who are these so-called scientific members of the establishment that demanded that certain information be squelched? And why? And why? For instance, one question I have, were any of these scientific experts, let's say, from the companies that ended up making the vaccines and selling them down everyone's throat? Could they be part of, and I'm not making an accusation, I'm asking a question. Could they be part of the scientific establishment that pressured Mr. Zuckerberg to censor information that was being discussed by, in some cases, medical professionals who actually had done studies and had drawn different conclusions? This is serious business. In a related story. Family of college student who died from COVID-19 vaccine suing the Biden administration. U.S. Department of Defense officials wrongly promoted COVID-19 vaccination by repeatedly claiming that the available vaccines were safe and effective. Relatives of George Watts Jr. said, in a new lawsuit seeking damage. The promotion duped millions of Americans, including Mr. Watts, 
into being the Department of Justice. I mean, that was a faux pas. The Department of Defense human subjects in its medical experiment. The largest in modern history. That's what they're saying. The DOD's conduct and harm it caused, as alleged within the four corners of the lawsuit, speak for itself, says the lawyer. He is among the people that suddenly died. You know, there are a lot of those young people that just suddenly died. When he was a student at Corning Community College when the school mandated COVID-19 vaccination for in-person classes, he received one Pfizer dose on August 27, 2021, and a second dose approximately three weeks later. He soon began experiencing a range of symptoms, including tingling in his feet, pain in his heels, numbness in his hands and fingers, blood in his sperm and urine and sinus pressure, according to family members and health records. He went to the emergency room at Guthrie Robert Packer Hospital in Pennsylvania on October 20, October 12th, 2021. X-ray showed clear lungs and a normal heart outline. He was sent home with the advice to follow up with specialists. He returned to the emergency room a week later, worsening symptoms. He was diagnosed with sinusitis and and bronchitis. While speaking to his mom in October, he suddenly collapsed. Emergency medical uh, personnel rushed to him, found him unresponsive, rushed to the same hospital in an ambulance, was pronounced dead, 24 years old. His parents now suing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maryland, Democrat. And then we're going to take a break and go to your calls. Maryland, Democrat. Now, you may have heard this story during the week. This woman, Kristen Mink, Montgomery County, Maryland. If you don't know about Montgomery, I have spent time in Montgomery County in Maryland. I've spent, let me tell you, this place, boy. Montgomery County, Maryland. One of the council women there, this Kristen Mink, recently said that Muslim parents who were complaining about these obnoxious, the obnoxious sexualization of children there, all in the name of LGBTQIA politics, She said that these parents who were complaining about this ideology being forced on their children were on the side of white supremacists. Well, now people have looked into her past, and you know what they find out? They found out some other statements that she's made. What she is suggesting, here is the headline, and I'm not going to go into all the quotes. She's suggesting that white women should be struck down from positions of systematic leader, uh, from struck down leadership positions. She doesn't want white women in leadership positions in order to dismantle 
what she says is systematic racism. Speaker lineups need to be intersectional and multiracial. White people should be few and with good reason. She finds it troubling that white women do not appear to be divesting control of this one organization to people of color. She blasts the white feminism, gaslighting, and weaponizing fragility. She hopes they change in order to decentralize white power. Liberal Maryland, Montgomery County. White women are too powerful. Get out of the way and stop and, and give your power over to people of color. That way you will make the world a better place. James Golden, Snurdly. <sighs> it's Saturday. It's Saturday morning. Your calls are coming up. WABC Talk Radio 77. Godfather of Soul. James Brown. Takes us in. Don't go away. Look at me. Know what you see? See a bad This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. The Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Hoping that your presence here is indeed very pleasant, my friends. This is Ephraim Lewis. Is one and only. But such a beautiful song drowning in your eyes. Sexy. Oh, AI waited. A little bit later, America's small caffeinated mom will join us. Right now, let's get back to the telephones, my friends. People have been waiting. And let's go to Rose in New Jersey. Rose, thank you for your patience. How are you? I'm fine, Mr. Snurdly. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Um, I'm thinking about Trump. And I want to know, how did um, the FBI know that Trump was speaking to writers about classified materials? Um, and that he was moving materials around uh, kind of implies that he was under surveillance and for how long. And isn't a president allowed to keep classified and unclassified information? And that one thing that was revealed to us uh, through the Post, uh, didn't, uh, did any of us know that there was a plot against Iran? And did Iran know that, or do they know it now? 
Well, I don't know about the Iran question you're raising, but there is a news story today that Russia is becoming more invested with Iran militarily. There was also an amazing story that happened yesterday. didn't spend time with this one either, that Saudi Arabia had threatened Joe Biden and said the United States will suffer significant economic harm uh, if Joe Biden's policies didn't change. And they're, they're talking about the energy policies there. Now, as mm-hmm. for Donald Trump and the questions you raised, I am curious, as you are, as to how a lot of the information that is in this 37-account uh, indictment was procured. And I'm sure Donald Trump's lawyers will be looking at this, too. If you were with us in the first hour, we discussed we discussed this indictment almost for the full hour. You have people now like Jonathan Turley, who is certainly not a political hack, saying that this some of the things in this indictment are troubling. You have Alan Dershowitz, who before the indictment was unsealed, said that the Trump indictment did not pass the Richard Nixon test, now clearly worried that Donald Trump may have opened up some trouble for himself with remarks that are being uh, cited to him, and some of them on tape. So I think we're going to have to wait and see what his defense says about a lot of this, and we're going to have to wait for the discovery process to take place in order to see how the government obtained some of the information that they obtained. But clearly, as stated in the first hour again, if you weren't with us, folks, we I, I spent a day talking about the two-tiered justice system in this country. Of course, it was something that we raised with President Trump earlier in the week. And there is no denying that we have a two-tiered justice system. It is blatant. They are trolling us. They're actually trolling us by claiming, Jack Smith, that there is a one, that there is one standard for justice when clearly there isn't. But that doesn't negate the fact that this is going to trial and this will have to be defended vigorously. Donald Trump, if you look at the total number of years that he could be sent to prison, if found guilty of everything in this indictment. He would be looking at facing 70 years in jail. And whether we like it or not, this case is not going to rest on whether there is a two-tiered system of justice. It is going to rest on the facts of the case as the jury or judge interprets them. We are headed into uncharted waters historically here, and brace yourselves, because there's still, we went through the other legal cases that are still pending against Donald Trump. And I've been saying all along, and I'm going to say it again, this Georgia case is going to decide a lot. Sandra, in New Jersey, you're on WABC with James Golden. Snurdy, how are you, Sandra? Oh, good morning, James. How are you? Good, thank you. I, I want I wanted to say well, I wanted to talk about two things, but I probably won't have time. So regarding um Donald Trump, um going forward if 
is going to be in Florida and hoping for a better judge. I'm hoping for a better jury pool. And I, I attended Alan Dershowitz's um, book event recently, and he said that it's so important that when you pick your jury that they are vetted very, very carefully. And uh, maybe they didn't do that with uh, E.J. Carroll. Maybe they will do that going forward, I hope. And then I wanted to comment. I heard, you know, I listen, I learn, and I read. And um, other presidents had the opportunity to have all their documents stored in warehouses near where they reside. I don't think they ever offered that to Donald Trump, maybe purposely to set him up. Who knows? So I wanted to say that. And if I have a chance, I wanted to say something about the virus, but it's up to you. Go ahead, quickly say something about, go ahead, quickly say what you want to say about the virus. Okay, if you look up Brad Paquette, P-A-Q-U-E-T-T-T, he's a Michigan State rep. He had a heart attack, and he uh, formed a town hall meeting with 24 others who also had similar incidences after the virus, uh, and he did that. And then there's um, uh, a study in Korea where they actually concluded that myocarditis is the known side effect of the mRNA COVID-19 vaccine. And in Korea, the government does a lot of research on this, and they actually make payments to the people. None of that is done here. And then there's a nurse named Baker. I was very sad about this. She worked for so many years in this hospital, and it was mandated that she get the vaccination. She got it, and now she's disabled. She got uh, transverse myelitis, or it's called spinal cord inflammation. She's, she's now disabled. She can't work anymore. And it was because of that virus. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And, and uh, yeah, that's what I want you to well, say. Well, first of all, me. they're going to have to. You're, you're welcome. And let me just say this. Uh, there is going to be a lot in terms of legal efforts on behalf of people who are saying that their health went downhill after they were forced to take the vaccine. This lawsuit that I mentioned is one of the opening cards in this, but this is going to happen over the next few years. Now, remember, there's going to be issues of limited immunity because the government actually told people you got to do this. So this is going to be an uphill battle that we're going to be facing for years to come. But there is no doubt in my mind. You have Facebook, and we talked about this today. You had uh, Zuckerberg saying that the medical establishment asked him to censor misinformation that turned out, in retrospect, to either be debatable or to be incorrect. So there are a lot of components to this. And there's a lot more that's going to happen. Now, as for Trump and your statements about Trump, (sighs) number one, presidents do have the ability to keep their records. And those records would be stored in the presidential museum that that president has. There is so much to unpack here. I can't do it right now. I've got to take a break, but There is a lot that still has to be unpacked with this and with records. But there is so much in this indictment 
that is troublesome, despite the fact that presidents are allowed to keep some of their material. Steely Dan takes a cent, coming back. Don't go away. James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Better late than never. Midway through the show, usually, which was an hour ago. We hit the morning dance, and it does feel good to get up and move around. I have no body, but I'm attempting to dance. Oh, I must assimilate a body, perhaps Avery's. Huh. Yes, Mr. AI moves in. (sighs) Spyrogyra brings us in with the morning dance. Chance to get up, move the body, enjoy the Saturday. And stretch it out. We're going to head back to the telephones. Time is running short. Let's go to Bill in Fairfield, Connecticut. Bill, how are you? Hi, Bo. Good morning. Boy, I cleaned the whole house and did my gas grill waiting on the But anyway, the president, uh, I've been through seven or eight presidents, and this seems to be the only administration that is anti-American. You know, where are the counter, uh, counter-indictments? Uh, there seems to be no urgency to have any counter-indictments. Um, the spy balloon came from Canada. It seems like there's a push to be anti-Canadian lately. Um, you've covered so many topics this morning. It's a great show. But answer a couple of those questions. All right, where are the counter-indictments? I'm going to start with that one. Yeah. Now... This gets me into something that I really do have a very, very serious concern about, a concern about my own take on this, because we all know and we are raised as children, those of us who have caring parents or caring guidance, that two wrongs do not make a right, that because someone else does something wrong, you're not supposed to immediately address it with something you know to be wrong, that you're supposed to stand for what is righteous, what is good, what is virtuous. You're supposed to stand for doing good even in the face of evil and not succumbing to that yourself. And so those are the things that many of us grew up with. Vengeance is not mine. Vengeance belongs to God. Vengeance doesn't belong to you. It's not an act that we would encourage. Revenge is not something that we encourage as as virtuous behavior. So that is paramount in what we believe it takes to become the best person that you can be. In the political field, if there is no response to the actions of your political opponents, if there is no response, It is taken as a sign of weakness, and it encourages even more. 
if you look at the military, many of us look at and we believe that turn your other cheek is good, that loving your enemies is good, but when you're faced on the battlefield, there's also a justification for taking up arms against evil. What is transpiring in this country right now is evil. It is personified in so many different ways. It is evil to mutilate children in this name of some sexual ideology that remains unproven. It is evil. It is evil to tell people that their merit is worthless and what is instead more important are the superficial trappings of humanity, such as your skin color. It is evil that one political party is designated to be the party that should receive punishment through a political apparatus set up by the government, such as the current Department of Justice. It is evil to watch people on the other side fragrantly and without any hesitation violate American laws and get away with it. While at the same time, the promise of equal justice under the law is denied and that those same people in the Department of Justice that willfully ignore criminal behavior among their allies instead persecute and prosecute their opponents. This is evil. And to me, evil must be met resoundingly with a response. So while I do believe that two wrongs don't make a right, that we should always strive to do what is righteous, what is virtuous, we should try to find it within ourselves to do that. In the world of politics, political decisions and political warfare must be met with opposite political warfare. And again, I find my own thoughts on this troubling, and I still try to work it out. Because to me, every single Republican district attorney needs to be on alert and not to find phony charges against their opponents, but where there is actual wrongdoing to haul these elected Democrats into every single courtroom that you can haul them in. Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, that entire family needs to be brought to justice. Hillary Clinton needs to be brought to justice. James Comey, Andrew McCabe, all of them need to be brought to justice. Every single agent that lied to the FISA court that perpetuated this Russian hoax needs to be brought to justice. There should be an unrelenting march into the courtrooms of America with every single Democrat that has violated the law that can be found. And is that tit for tat? Well, maybe. But what I'm really asking for is not political retribution, but for actually fair justice. But that would require the Republican Party to actually get off their haunches and get engaged. 
and to actually start taking elections at the lower level seriously, to actually get involved and make sure that every single district attorney race in this country has a conservative Republican candidate opposed to the Soros-backed prosecutors, every single one, whether you think there is a chance for victory or not. That's what needs to happen here, and that's what has not been happening. James Golden, Snurley, coming back. Don't go away. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. WABC, talk radio 77 in New York. James Golden, Snurdly with you here. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. With us... America's small, caffeinated mom, Rhonda Schrock. Rhonda, how are you this morning? I'm good, James. I I know I've told you this before, but I have to tell you this again. Your music is the best anywhere. And one thing you should know about music, and it's true about humor, too, they are both natural anesthetics. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah, so when you talk about hard things, and then you take a music break and you just let it play a little bit, it it just helps. And when you guys get to joking around and laughing, and we're laughing here in Middle America, that also helps. So thank you for that. Well, thank you, Rhonda. Yes. So your essay this week, Rhonda, is on what topic? Well, it's about families. And I've been, I've been thinking about families all week. Um, we went to the local ice cream stand last Sunday night. I made the mistake of mentioning that peanut butter explosion was the flavor of the week. And right now we have eight legs that live at the house. And I had barely finished the sentence and about <laughs> half of the legs were out the door. So anyway, I followed them. We get, we get to the ice cream stand and we're in, we're in a line, beautiful summer evening. The sun is just golden. And right in front of us is a, a family a young mother uh, was holding a baby girl. A young father had a toddler boy in his arms. And there were three other little boys just circling around their legs. And I just watched them enthralled because it just took me back to the days when our own children were, were small. So we got to talking to them. They, the boys, the children were eight, from eight years old down to seven months. And just a delightful, modest couple they were very peaceful and calm, and their children reflected that peace. So I was thinking about, I had that picture in my mind all week, and I was thinking about the horrible headlines, and we talk about it all the time, and I'm not even going to mention the specifics of the horrors in the headlines. But this is what I wanted to remind people of. There are so many of us, millions of us, James, who still believe in the traditional family. We still believe that God is the one that made us male, made us female, and he did it so that we would bear his image to the world. And there are millions of us who believe it's such an honor and a privilege to be an image bearer 
of God in the world as male and as female. You said something cogent last week that's been in my mind ever since. You said it takes heterosexual sex to make a baby. That is such, it's so simple, it almost doesn't bear bear mention, but yet in this climate of confusion, it needs to be mentioned because civilization itself, James, is dependent on males and females getting together and making babies. There is no substitute for that. There is no surgery, no science. There's nothing that can circumvent that process. And there are still millions of us who believe that was God's design. And we also believe that it's the best for the fathers and mothers who create those babies to be the ones to raise them. We believe that. And even though there has been carnage in the nuclear family. I know people who have experienced absolute devastation in families. I see it. I hear the stories. I know. It does not mean that the pattern is flawed. It means that the humans are flawed. And I know, I know from experience that you can, you can start something new. You don't have to ditch the pattern. You can start something new, James. We are not doomed to repeat the, the familial sins, the awful patterns that hurt us. We can start something completely new, and it can be a blessing for generations. I know this because I'm watching this in my own family, and it gives me such a feeling of awe and gratitude and purpose to know that I, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, as a friend, I carry something of God into the world, even to those who don't believe in him. My very existence as a female that shows that part of God bears witness to his existence and to his love for humanity. The family is worth fighting for, and I want to encourage my fellow Americans who believe that the family is worth fighting for not to be bullied, intimidated, silenced, no matter how loudly the other side shouts. Because whenever there is something good, evil will always come along to pervert it, to twist it, to subvert it. And we just, we don't have to bow the knee to that. And I won't. So I, I am so glad of, you say that. Well, I want to encourage people who are raising, like that young couple, we encouraged them that night. The mother had started homeschooling and the father was so tender. He was, he's so carefully trying to choose the right church for his family. We said, you know what? You guys are doing such a good job. And how wonderful would it be, would it have been as young parents? to have older parents come along and say, you're doing great, keep going. That's the privilege that we have, we parents who are further down the line. And we can also teach them from the mistakes that we have made. And that's a blessing too. Rhonda, where can we find USA this week? It's on the Daily BS, uh, thedailybs.com, and on my website, rondashrock.com. And of course, Shrock is S-C-H-R-O-C-K. James, thank you for everything that you do there. You are so brave. You are courageous. If your mother were still alive, she would be so proud of you. I know that where she is, she is still so proud of you. And as a mother, I'm not your mother, but I am a mother, and I'm proud of you. So keep going, my friend. Thank you so much. Rhonda, much love. Thank you. I so appreciate those words. Thank you so much. Rhonda Schrock, ladies and gentlemen, it's America's small caffeinated mom. She sends me pictures. Rhonda sends me pictures during the week. I got to tell you, some of these pictures are uh, astounding. And they're just, 
they are America, America still lives. And if you if you don't believe it, all you got to do is listen to the perspective that we get from Rhonda each week. And one of these days we'll be able to share with you the pictures that she sends over to from the real America. Uh, thank you, Rhonda. Appreciate it. We're going to head back to the telephones, grab some rapid phones before we get out of here. People have been waiting and waiting. Let's start with William in Westchester. William, thank you for your patience. You're up next. Been a great uh, fan since a quarter century ago. Always wondered since then whatever happened to your ace uh, reporter, Koki. By the way, Debbie, if you're listening, hi to you. And I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people who got, yeah, I got, I'm one of those people who got myocarditis from the Moderna shot. It cost the VA half a million dollars to fix that problem. Wow. And uh, there are no aliens at the speed of light, no matter can, uh, a fraction of the speed of light, no matter can get here. Only Frank can believe in aliens. But my point is with Derek Trump, I don't think we'll instigate a rebellion. The pissed off American people will do our own Lexington and Concord. The establishment wants that because they want to have a January 6th times a million. Wow. You've said a mouthful there, William, uh, but there may not be aliens, but are there chemtrails? Uh, they've been doing that to seed the clouds for ever since World War II, I think. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Ben in Staten Island, you're up next on WABC. Uh, this morning, uh, thank you, James, for taking my call. I listen to you every Saturday morning. I think you have a great, great broadcast and uh but what i really want to talk about is trump i think that they set this man up because when they went into uh florida they threw out all of the agency everybody that was in there and they had plenty of time and then, then when they brought this stuff back to washington dc they had plenty of time to put whatever they think that would stick to make this man look bad because he's the only guy that really turned everything around. And, uh, well, you know, Donald Trump is going to be on stage tonight. And let us hear what he has to say. This will be the first opportunity for him to speak at length to America since this indictment was, since this 37-count indictment was unsealed. So it'll be very interesting to see what Donald Trump's take on all of this is now that more Americans know the details of what is in this indictment. Ben, thank you very much for the call. Phil, Hi. in the Bronx, you're up next. Yes, good afternoon, sir. Uh, very simple. The whole problem lies with Donald Trump in this regard. Mr. Trump was basically, quote, born and raised, unquote, in a boardroom environment, in a business negotiating environment. Now, in entry into the political arena, he's faced a new environment, completely new and kind of alien to him, no doubt. The problem is what he said and did and acted in a boardroom cannot be translated into a new vernacular. That is the political arena. The political arena is more like a, a mafia crime family that had been done some gr grievous wrong by another family, and they're going to go after them hook, line, and murder. The problem is, is that Trump should practice one art, one art. He talks about the art of the deal. It's the art of circumspection. And prophylaxis, be careful what you say and look around you. The whole point being, very simply, keep your mouth closed as much as possible and say what 
the others would never expect you to say. That's the death sentence here. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate your comments. I want to leave our last call with Ina in New Jersey. Ina, how are you? Welcome. Hi, fine. Just a patriotic thought in reference also to what Rhonda just said is next week, June the 14th, is the 100th anniversary of the flag code. There was a um, national conference about the American flag, and that's when the code was established as to how to present it if it's dis- if it is uh, uh, if it has gotten disrayed or or old. There's a proper way to get rid of it, and I think everyone should be aware of that 100th anniversary. You're being patriotic. You're honoring the Turn American the flag. Thank you. Wow, on that. Thank you, Ina, for sharing that with us. June 14th, ladies and gentlemen, is Flag Day. When I was in school, we used to actually have to celebrate Flag Day. I wonder if they even teach it anymore. I wonder if in many... Oh, I know. It's not... Yes, there is Flag Day, but it's not the American flag that's being taught anymore. It's the pride flag. Think about it. In so many schools, it's not the American flag. It's the pride flag. Hey, just saying. Well, another Saturday. Hope you have a great weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Gratitude and love. Thank you for being here. Not just this Saturday, but every Saturday, and of course, Monday through Friday for Buzz Snowley's Rush Hour at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on WABC. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, and your loved ones. God willing, we'll be back on Monday, 4 p.m. Love, gratitude, peace. See you later. Bye.